0: Like in Jumanji. You know in Jumanji when they hear the distant drums? This is really racist. Something about, about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's racist that your mind goes there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's okay. what's no
0: racist. Thank you. We just gaslight Mike all day today. What um, is, literally, what? that's our business relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Mike really thinks this. I don't... <clears throat> God, this is Farrell, You're going to be our therapist today. Has he actually yelling
1: about how he's Republican?
2: (laughs) Exactly. Which, which you know, which. (laughs) That's that sums up. That sums up my life. That guy's always yelling about how he's Republican. (laughs) No, I I wish I had a set of balls to be Republican. Honestly, but I I don't. Oh my God! (laughs) This is what what, this is literally always the. I just can't bring myself to do it.
0: This is literally always the theme of our episodes,
2: um, folks. Let's welcome. Well, let's that's welcome white people and get them in the room. That's what happens. Welcome, welcome <laughs> everybody
0: to Creative Risk, where we talk about Republicans, art, entrepreneurialism, and everything in between. Um, by the time this episode will be released, it's not going to be our first episode, but Phil, you, you are the first episode that we are recording within the new year. Yeah,
2: yeah, do you like that nuance.
3: Yes. Woo, woo,
2: woo, um, woo.
3: woo. <laughs> Mike,
2: Mike, Mike you, I have <laughs> no, I have no high register range. I have no like. So literally, if I ever want to ah! like like scream high, it's like it's like literally like it's like. <laughs> Wait, Mike. I what heard you singing fire? on the last what? podcast, and
1: you. I didn't He's know gotta you could be sing. you. Yeah.
2: yeah, I can oh sing, but I can't go higher than like. That's yeah. the highest I can go. Like okay, it, actually.
0: Wah! Wait, that's, stop, stop, that's stop, it. stop. You just did it. No. You have a head voice, and then you screamed and you went too wide with the. Let's do a voice listen for Mike. Mike, what we're going to begin with today. Don't no. talk
2: to me about too wide. <laughs> <laughs> Messy bottom.
0: Oh, oh I, I wasn't sure that was a butt joke or not. Oh, it was. It, 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 it I just had to make it
2: clear. A butt
0: joke. Um, also, speaking of. Joshua's butt- gay. Speaking. Yeah, this this is literally the podcast. This is Lily creative risk. It's, it's we talk about Republicans and how gay I am.
2: That's really I the entire. <laughs> Farrell, listen. She's a listener. Um,
0: also, oh. Farrell just sent me a video. She was in Maestro. Milo, to say that Farrell? Yeah. She was. Who were in- you in
1: Maestro? I was in the background, Mike. <laughs> That's
3: awesome.
0: No, but it's funny. Actually, you, you kind of look like Vivian Vance. Do you know who Vivian Vance is, Farrell?
1: No, but everyone on set kept telling me I looked like Judy Garland.
0: Okay. You're definitely yes. giving Judy Garland. It. Yes. Okay. In that look, you're definitely giving Judy Garland 100%. But They're- wait. You're giving yeah. it. Sorry. I want I kind of want to introduce Farrell briefly before we, like, so that people have context for who this person is. okay read the bio for for the very few who do not know Farrell, because just to be clear so let's be conics what this episode this always happens we talk for 90 minutes we don't even get to what the primary subject is this episode episode 11 is taxes and the actor with Farrell parker of artist tax prep um Um, who Farrell is an actor and a tax preparer. Um, And so we are going to be talking about, you guessed it, primarily all things taxes, but let me just talk about Farrell briefly. And then we can come back to talking about um, Mike looking like Mr. Burns when he turns into that alien. Okay. So Farrell Parker, is a D.C.-based performing artist and the owner of Artist Tax Prep, an income tax preparation business for artists. A proud New Jersey native where Farrell and I met in Montclair Montclair High School. We both went to high school together. Farrell is a graduate of Boston University with a B.S. in business administration and the Shakespeare Theater Company, uh, Academy at George Washington University where she got her MFA in classical acting. Very smart to get those two degrees, by the way. Over the course of her performing career, she has originated roles in nine world premiere productions, including co-writing the full-length musical You Are Whatever I Can Get, which I believe was nominated for, was it a Hayes or a Helen or whatever the fuck DC calls it now?
1: Helen Hayes, because yeah. that's that's one integrated category.
0: In um, yeah, Helen Hayes. Case. The Isaac In addition to devising and producing several sketch stand-up and cabaret shows, she has been seen at the Kennedy Center, Arena Stage, Woolly Mammoth Theater Co., and with Second, uh, The Second City. Favorite stage roles include Lena Lamont and Singing in the Rain, Only Theater Center, Queenie and Andrew Lipp is the Wild Party, Constellation, which we came down and saw, and the one-woman show We're Gonna Die by Young Jean Lee at Flying V Theater, um, which Mike, Josh Sobel directed. Uh, Farrell wow. serves as treasurer on the board of the Capitol Fringe Festival and is a 2024 DC Commission on the Arts and Humanities Fellowship grantee. There's my stroke. I was at my stroke moment, you know. That was it. Right I wish
2: other. I saw you in Constellation. That's <clears> the one with the, with the, they talk about the stars, right? Or no, that's the, the, wait, is that the one? No, no, wait, hold on, hold on. Shit. What do you mean? What's constant It's a two-hander, right? No, no, no. Const- no, that's the theater Const- company. <laughs> Uh, Are you talking about the... um, No, but I know...
0: No, 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 no. But you're right. You're talking about... So we
2: just went down and saw Constellation. Sorry,
0: Mike. We went down and saw Constellation Theater Company's production of the Wild Party that Farrell was in. Oh!
2: I would have loved to see that.
0: But Constellation, I think, is a play. Who wrote that play? I don't know. Who wrote it? Now now I want to know who wrote the play. Constellation's play... Hold on, let's just—it was.
2: Maybe it was written by
0: Nick Payne. Don't bring up Republicans again. Republicans are bad people. Get them out of here,
2: all of them. Anyway, so, hi girl. How are you? Hi. <laughs> Don't say speaking of
1: Republicans. <laughs> I was going speaking to... of
2: Republicans. <laughs> it's Farrell Parker. Canceled yeah, never works
0: again. Mike, Mike, Mike. Growing up, so so. For those of you who don't know, Farrell is my best friend. Yes, um, and and um, I don't I don't use that word lightly. I also we all know I have a very close circle. I am becoming more introverted as I get older. But um, when I was in high school, speaking of Republicans, not saying that she was a Republican, but Farrell's mom it, uh, is a fake conservative. She's fake conservative. So she's not gonna listen to this Farrell. She's fake and she listens to it. What does so fake
2: conservative mean? You know
0: she's like she's like, oh, gay things. Oh my goodness. She's it's, just a prude. Yeah, but she's not. She's not. That's what's funny. She's she's Farrell's mom, and Farrell ain't no prude. And and I'm <laughs> no. and we know that Oh. <laughs> no, but but I we used to always tease her growing up because I do think you don't think she's fake conservative? If she listens to this, she's gonna be mad at you.
1: No, she's very open. I think she, <clears throat> at her heart, is very open-minded. Her heart is open-minded.
0: I, I, see, that's the thing. Like, uh. like, literally in high school, I'd be like, I'd be like oh, there's a hot man. And like, don't you dare say that. Meanwhile, like 30 years earlier. She loved she, like, you. A-
1: you guys were best friends. There were rumors what? that, Mike, that Josh and my mom were dating. That's true. In high school.
0: Oh, wow. That's true. We'd go on dates together.
1: Yeah.
0: They like, okay. were. Nice. Pl- platonic <laughs> dates. Anyway, anyway, Farrell, let's let's kick <clears throat> things off though by why don't you t- talk talk a little bit about <clears throat> rather than I speaking for you about your journey as an actor, what brought you to the now? Because we sort of, I mean, we, we've always been friends, but I was in D.C. and then you came to D.C. So, so how did you? What brought you to D.C. and how you know tax preparation came into your world?
1: <laughs> um. Mm. Yeah, I came to DC because I had graduated from Boston University. I was working in fine dining um at, you know, a very competitive restaurant environment. Um I was piloting an apprenticeship program at Blue Hill Farms. Um Oh. Yeah.
0: Mhm. She served Michelle Obama.
1: Yes, wow. among and Martha Stewart twice. Um <laughs> And I came to D.C. because the theater scene and the food scene were both growing at that time. Um, and I also had, like, literally, like, all my best friends were there. Joshua was there, who's my best friend from high school. Carolyn, my best friend from college. My cousin was there. So it just felt like a good place to be. Like, I could get involved more on the ground level of things than, like, obviously New York, where there's right. no shortage of developed food and theater scenes. So,
2: right, right, um, right, 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 right.
1: And then I woke up one day and I was like, I have seven jobs and that's too many jobs. Um, So I started a tax business. Well, Basically.
0: But, okay, <laughs> but, 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 but we're, ta- I like, I never have any memory of you talking about taxes being something that you were interested in. So why taxes?
1: Um, I, always liked doing my own taxes i liked the puzzle of it it never stressed Mm. me out i was always like "Ooh, let's That the sense of completion and everything um and so many artists hate doing their taxes i was like well if i like this then and everybody has to do their taxes so it's a pretty when you're an as you know when you're an actor you're always like begging people to give you work and with taxes that never happens
0: That's a good point, okay, well, that's a good segue to one of my first core okay. questions about this because um before we get into the the nuts and bolts of taxes and why it's so overwhelming and scary for artists and some um some preparation tips and the like, you know that I love this business. Specifically as a secondary income stream for an artist, because um, if you listen to our uh, money episode, we'll go into secondary income in more depth on another episode. But we talk about it needing to meet five key criteria for for an artist and specifically an actor's lifestyle. Something that's mobile, something that has uh, flexibility of schedule, something that has an adaptable earning income capacity, i.e. I can work more, I can work less. It's something that's scalable and something that you're passionate about and and i th- I've been so impressed with this as a secondary income stream just for an artist right um um any artist, and I always use it as an example, but Farrell for you, how does this secondary income stream best serve you and your art? Forget the others and forget the taxes it. <laughs> i
1: It's not a coincidence that my best year as a tax preparer business was my best year as my actor business monetarily. Mm. Mm. I don't think, um, number one, it's on my own schedule, which is the most important thing. I was running around, you know, right. um, between all these seven annoying jobs, tour guiding and bartending and making, you know, $300 a week, doing eight shows a week as a non equity performer at the time. Right, um right. so it the main thing it has allowed me is flexibility. Um it's also really strengthened my personal brand. Um I think there's you know I don't want people to obviously not want people to think of me only in the tax field. Sure. I need people to think of me as an artist and an actor as well. So yeah. as long as that balance is not like tipping in the wrong direction mm-hmm. it's fine, but I do think like overall it's strengthened my name recognition, um, and my, and my brand. Um, and I, um, have never ended the year with savings. Like I did this year. Um, it just allows me that I didn't realize how stressed I was living like week to week money. I just didn't realize until I didn't have to do that anymore. And that's because of this business.
2: Wow.
0: Um, um. I, just because you said it, and I and I'm actually right there with you, Mike. And I've t- had many conversations about secondary income, and for me, flexibility <clears throat> is is that sense of like I can do what I want when I want and when I need to is so incredibly important. But why? Why? This might be an obvious question, but because so many people are in the same situation, why is the chaos of having seven different jobs such a negative, in your opinion?
1: Because you're beholden to other people when you're, I mean, I've always thought of myself, I think, you know this, Joshua, as an entrepreneur, I just am naturally that way. It's sort of like how I was raised. Um, I don't like working for other people. Um, And part of that is because it's draining to have to do what other people tell you to do. It's sort of incongruous with being an artist, honestly, um, Obviously, right. I'm not talking about collaboration, I'm not talking about taking direction, but for me, it's, like, too incongruous to have to, like, be, like, subservient to anyone else's objectives, like, on the That's daily. That's fascinating,
2: yeah. Well, you know, well, I appreciate you <clears throat> saying that, because it's like, you know, there's a lot of stresses to running, um... You know, last year was the first year where I, well, really it was in June. This has been the first full year where I have not had to do gig work. You know, last June I stopped doing gig work. And um, this year I haven't done any gig work. Uh, so I haven't done any gig work. And obviously running a secondary income, in my experience, it might be different for you, is incredibly stressful and time consuming. And there's more responsibility. But, for some reason, even when money's tight and the business is struggling it there's less it's a different kind of stress than working oh that than the dread of I have to go do a shift, I have to go or or you know okay at three o'clock I gotta go babysit or whatever it's like it's a and I've done almost every survival gig you could have or you know it's it's a different Yes, there may not be as much responsibility associated with those gigs, but there's less, like, it just doesn't drain you as much. It's it's different. It's a different I mean, kind there are of... I trade-offs. Because, of course.
1: Like, you know, I mean, I think people always say when you run your own business, you're always working, and that's true. But you guys, that's what you're doing as an actor anyway.
3: <laughs> right. Well, right.
0: but okay, but, you know, while we're on that, though one of the conversations that we have with a lot of artists even internally mike and i talk about yes that's what you're always doing as an actor but then sometimes does it get too heavy into the secondary income side and seemingly take away from the art do you have that experience yourself
1: um i would say when I have that experience, a lot of it is on me with my time management more than anything yes. else. Yes, sure. Um, because when I do this job, my tax job, I know I'm going to see the income, right? Like I know the income is there. And so I have the the Motivation. immediate reward. It is <laughs> right. it, It's definitely harder for me to focus on the long-term acting goals. But it's not harder than when I wasn't have. It's not like harder than before I started my business. I agree. I am doing, um, you know, tax season is starting at the end of this month. I'll also start rehearsals at the end of this month. Um, and that will go until mid, mid March. And then I'll have a month where I really will have to just do tax taxes. Um, so there is a time where it is really hard to fit other stuff in, but it's just, it's really a month. Um, and I can, it's not my favorite to be doing, double duty but it's doable and i'm bringing on two new preparers this year oh Um, fuck
2: yes that's awesome
1: so hopefully i can figure out how to not ever be in the situation where i have to turn down work as an actor because of that because i have other people that i can rely on so that's the new stuff for this year
0: you know just uh, noting too that for for The other artists out there and actors who are who are in the process of growing their own secondary income streams, even what you just said about the two other preparers. You know, it's just it's it's another unique challenge we have to to continue to shape the business model to meet the needs of of what is assumedly our number one, which is our creative work.
2: Um, We're going to say, Mike. No, I just think it's, you know, it's 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 incredibly you know, I know it's it's difficult because you know, I was talking to a client about this earlier today. It's just like it's hard. It's, it is it's really great that you see immediate obviously immediate financial compensation too. That is that is useful and because you get to see that, yeah, it's not like you have to wait a year. To start earning money from something, you know, but that was you're that but, but
0: was that always the case, Phil? Or in the beginning of starting artist tax prep, did you see a profit?
1: No, you have to. Definitely, there is an investment period, like any business. Right. Um, I right. would say, like, um, you know, it it's it's grown, but I wasn't it, I wasn't relying on this for my income my my starting year. And as I'm bringing these new preparers on, I'm actually offering them a startup loan so that they don't have to really like they don't have to dig themselves in because I have the extra profit from my business that I can offer that to them so that they can that's start awesome. paying me back once once they are seeing more of a profit. Because um, there is, it's a pretty, I think there's a super low barrier to entry to being a tax preparer. Um, but there are some costs obviously with just like with any business.
0: But what you just said, and Mike, I'm sure you'll, you, you, we know this. <clears throat> One of the things that's hard for artists is they want cash now, right? Because right. because mo- most actors, when they think secondary income, are in the world of, um, uh, you know, short form cash always. That's why that's why gig work is such a thing. I mean, you've done plenty of gig work yourself, Farrell. So you know mm-hmm. it's it's, um, we know that mindset. So then, when you tell artists to start developing a business and they start grow it, and it's been you know twenty right. months and they're not seeing a profit. Th- Th- that's can start to go. Well, should I keep doing this? But you said it. Every business requires an investment period, of which you're not mm-hmm. going to see an immediate return. Right. And now you're already at the point where you're scaling your business. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay yeah. let's let's get let's get into tax arenas then. So so let's start. You just started <sighs> to say it. Why why are actors so afraid of taxes?
1: Because nobody knows anything about tax law <laughs> i mean i think it's yes. the number one um it's insane to me that we don't learn this in high school like every you know the government doesn't take care of this for us we have to file our own taxes everyone should be learning how to do it um to me that doesn't make sense i mean i think it makes sense for industry purposes but whatever anyway so i think nobody knows what's going on people are terrified to do the wrong thing terrified the irs is going to come after them um i think it's just a lack of
2: knowledge
0: i think that's a fair point point. and money it's in also, general I,
2: I, i'm gonna say something so stupid right now it's also <laughs> just taxes are weird like it's just like i was like i was um i i, I was uh watching something on ancient egypt the other day and they were like oh like tax the people collected taxes and like uh, like the pharaohs would and i was like wow that's so weird that's like how fucking weird is like these like these these people at the top like take money from everybody and you're like oh wait that's that's what taxes is it's just like a weird <laughs> you know it's like we really think about what taxes is it's like oh yeah like we're being t- taxed it's just weird. I don't know. Well, that's, okay, that's literally I, I you, the lamest, stupidest, dumbest thing anybody's ever said. Mike, how like, often do you think about the weird. Roman Empire? <laughs> I, I, I do. I do think about it a, a, at least three times a week.
3: Yeah, at least okay. three times a week.
2: But but then on the opposite end of that, Mike, what what
0: I think also people don't think about is what taxes go to that we that is all the the blind expenses that the government has. I'm not. Listen, we're not. I'm sure there's lots of people who would say less government, more government. But who, who, you know, our tax dollars go to so many things that we don't even think about. You know what I mean? That help keeping, keep the world and specifically the country running.
2: I was talking to my friend from uh, Paris. He was here, uh, did a show with him this summer. And he was saying that like the taxes there are like Paris, Tennessee, not Paris, France. Yeah, exactly. Paris, Tennessee. I don't know any cultured <laughs> people like that.
3: No, <laughs> but Paris
2: – obviously not. But Paris, Paris – and he said the taxes in Paris are like – he said they're like 50% or something insane yeah. like that, like 60%. Like, But they get – it's just fascinating because they have – Healthcare is like, you know, oh, yeah. right there. You literally walk it. It's like, there's, there's obviously there's trade-offs with all this. It's just, it's just fascinating, but it's, I I think what I appreciate you saying, Farrell, is that's not just scary for artists. I think it's, you know, scary for a lot, a lot of people. It's just like, it's a weird thing where, you know, you feel like if you fuck up, you're going to go to jail or like. You know, you never know what that bill's going to look like. It is. It's a little. It's a little scary. It's and it's, it feels very adult, doesn't it? it? Feels like oh, I'm being taxed to live somewhere, and it's like it just feels very adult and like bad. Bad. <laughs>
1: it feels bad. What have
0: What have been some Farrell? Some of your biggest takeaways from working with artists over the years. <laughs> One takeaway is that
1: this is. Because of, like, the part of your, like, taxes, I think it is a different part of your brain, right, than the creative stuff. So some people are just never going to get it, don't have an interest in getting it, um, just want to outsource the whole thing, will ask the same questions every year, get the same answer every year. Um, and I get that because, uh, like, uh. I can't retain information about the Roman Empire, for example, or, like, <laughs> <the> dates. Um <laughs> that's one one takeaway um another i mean for me it's just that the knowledge is empowerment right so the more information you have about this the more you can plan for it it does feel adult like it it kind of sucks to plan with money i get it i don't want to like i want to spend my money i don't want to have to budget um but if you know more what's going on um you'll you'll save money on your taxes um, a lot of people who don't track their business expenses, don't know what their business expenses could be, are paying more tax than they need to. It right. is our right okay. to pay as little tax as possible, actually.
2: So, well, you so- know, it's interesting. <laughs> well, what I learned working with you, Farrell, you say it's a different part of your brain, too. It's not just the numbers and shit, right? It's yeah. like it's because like because you're you prepared my taxes and I'm going to, if if you'll have me, or maybe Come I'll work with, with one of the other people, but like, you know, we went through it together because you showed yeah. me. And it's like, it's like, you have to get in like, not like a killer zone, but kind of, because you have to be like, how do I get out? It's a, it's a game. It's like, you're like, how do I get out of this? And how do I, because that's what it is. It's like, you're trying to figure out how to basically, because it's all rigged against you to pay the <laughs> most that you need to pay. And then so you have to go in there and be like, I mean, that's what people get, you know, people at the top get paid millions of dollars to do like tax attorneys mm-hmm. is basically to be like, how do I <clears throat> beat the, the government, frankly, at the game they're trying to play, which is trying to take the most money out of my pocket. And it's like and that's why it's also different, too, is because especially if you're like, a, not that we ever do anything, everything was legal. But if you're somebody who's like, oh, kind of like, oh, polite, or I want to be a rule follower, or I don't want to feel like I'm taking advantage. It's like, no, you have to turn that part of your brain off. And or, be like, or, or, just I'm or just disorganized.
0: Or just disorganized. Because I hear that point, like, oh, I'm a rule sure. follower, but also if you're if you're not someone who's organized, you know, you will get a little effed. Because yeah, it's not necessarily about it being illegal. It's about maximizing the
2: potential of limiting exactly. your overall tax liability. And it's weird because like. There's, like, a lot of good boys and girls out there who might feel like, oh, but should I, is that oh? Well, I think like, I've
1: said to you, Mike, like, it's, it, or I said to both of you that it's because it's based on law, it's not just the numbers, it's interpretation of the law. And right. as I learn more, right, I, I'm more comfortable interpreting the law. And that's based, you know, wow. a lot of that's based on precedent, but it'll also is a lot of it just is based on my good faith interpretation of the law in a way that's going to benefit my client that, that, that I don't think the IRS is going to see as a reckless position, sure. you know, which is something that I could like get fined for essentially. But the law is there to be interpreted. It's that's the true about every law in our country. But but go. But let's go
0: into that just a smidge more because I think this is this. I, I think people don't understand like like you're saying. Every law in the country is interpretive. That's why people go to court and they mm-hmm. make their case one side or the other. Obviously, when people think of tax law. Well, not
2: so obviously.
0: I would assume many people think it is hard and fast, black and white. This is a numbers game. This is
2: how much I owe. Exactly. This is, yeah. So, and the slightest
0: here, you know, smudge left here or there, it means the house of cards is falling. So what what does it mean in your opinion that that tax law specifically is interpretive? And why should that put more people at ease?
1: The laws... Um, a lot of the laws are written in a way that is not uber specific. So, first of all, we should just say at some point that none of this is legal advice, um, so that I don't get sued by anyone. But we ain't lawyers. Um, <laughs> no.
0: We ain't lawyers.
1: <laughs> we ain't
2: lawyers. Um, but like much the- to my much <laughs> to my parents' disappointment.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My parents as he, thought I was going to be like a scientist.
1: He,
0: exactly. Yeah. My mother Here thought I was going to be nothing. Anyway.
3: <laughs> and, <laughs> and,
1: so like, okay, so let's just take, for example, the um, the broadest sort of rule about business expenses and and businesses, right? Okay, what makes you have a business? The IRS says you have a business if you're trying to make a profit. That's That is all that you need to do to have a business. Okay. So that's number one. That's a pretty broad thing. And number two, to be a deductible business expense, the IRS says the expense needs to be ordinary and necessary. Okay. So obviously those are pretty broad concepts. There are a lot of specifics under that, like infinity, but as a starting point of like understanding that is, that's sort of what it is ordinary and necessary. And those well, are like, legal you know what's
2: terms. crazy. I uh, will never forget <clears throat> 2 years ago. <laughs> this was the tax this must have been the 2021 tax year, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so I was I I was connected to an account to, to somebody to do my taxes and I think I earned in 2021 like 4000 5000 dollars acting or something, you know, a nominal amount. And, um, somebody, and and so I called her and I said, I called this guy and I said, Hey, like I made most of my money doing that, doing gig work, but you know, I'm an actor. Can I deduct, but I had like, you know, way more business expenses than $5,000. Can I deduct any of that? Does that lower my tax liability? And she said, no, it doesn't like, it's a hobby. The IRS will consider it a hobby. Then I talked to you. And Joshua, and you guys were like, absolutely, she's wrong. It was it was literally probably, I remember I think it was Joshua who said it, in the tone of your voice, the way you said it to her, the way you described what you were doing as like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not really, I didn't really earn that much money. Mu-. That probably made it, see, like it's, and that mm-hmm. blew my mind, that it's like, y- yes, it is interpretive. It's what you can, uh, if you were to get audited, it's what you could argue. It's what you could argue and whatever tax well, court well we'll I talk business
0: expenses in a bit show. but 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 yeah well it's it's, show. it's showing intent proving intent intent exactly. to to that and and by the nature of our business you know as we often say we're in the business of losing our jobs $5,000 or $50,000 you know the the and all the money you've been spending in 2021 or whatever it is you know is, is still intent to continue to make money in the future
2: um mike um yeah i'm I am curious ahead. about your thoughts with this you know because basically what you've said is and i think can you can you please elaborate on this point which is you've said that you know taxes are set up the american tax system is set up to benefit businesses what does that mean exactly
1: <clears throat> i think that um a lot of what i what i might've been talking about there is that during the Trump administration, there was a big tax package that was passed and this tax package eliminated a lot of employee expenses. So like a lot of deductions that people who are average workers could take and added more deductions for business owners. Um, Part of this, in my opinion is blatantly anti-union legislation. Um, But A lot of it is a lot of tax law, certainly in this century, has been set up to benefit corporations um, to make it easier to pay less taxes as a as a corporate entity than as an individual. Um, So when you see people like, you know, I know several I know like a lot of Hamilton people have LLCs instead of getting paid on W-2 because you cannot deduct any expenses on your W-2 but if you're getting paid as a corporation, you can deduct business expenses and pay yourself. Um, So yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, talk to, uh, I I am curious. What are your like takeaways from that fact that, that, that it's like that? Like, what do you think the like, sort of like, I guess moral ethical, but also practical considerations and how we view ourselves within this context of the system. Like, what are your takeaways from the fact that like yeah it's like this tax system is set up to benefit more so corporations and less so to benefit actual workers like what does that what does that mean to well, you it's just
1: more incentive to operate your artist business as a business and not right. as Uh, regardless if you you will work w2 jobs right like we all want the the unions benefit all of us i actually just got i was eligible for sag two days ago starting two days ago um so they they benefit all of us but but we need to be maintaining control of the whole entity as a business and the more that you do that the more you're going to see a tax benefit in my opinion
2: you know what's What's interesting about that, and I don't know. I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this, if you have any. Is like this is what's happening in this country too. It's like we're moving away. Like you know, everybody, everybody's an entrepreneur. Everybody wants to be work for themselves. It's like there's something happening. And like you know, unemployment is low, but people are dissatisfied and they're constantly leaving their jobs. And it's like it's just interesting that it's like there seems to be this collective push in this country, like away from sort of Like where where people work, where it's like everything is being set up like to work for yourselves. We're told to work for yourselves, value working for yourself, and it's and being an employee for others is something that not only are less and less people drawn to for various reasons, but also the system is just not as beneficial. I don't know what I'm saying. I just just think. Well, how do you make money? I mean, you
1: can't make. I mean, most people can't buy a house on minimum wage, right? Or like pension most people aren't getting a pension anymore so yes you're right like that's part of the reason we're seeing a push towards the the gig gig economy as the irs calls it but like and and we have corporations wanting less and less responsibility for people that's why you see all this stuff with uber i mean this this isn't really tax related but
2: (laughs) it's all tech but tech is really pushing that tech is pushing that sort of revolution of not taking care of it's work They're workers and it's and it's sca- it's scary because it's like you know it's scary to think that like if you just want to go work for a company and just have like a pension or a salary it's like those things are like slowly dissipating especially covid people working from home there's just more it's just a very weird moment we're in you know in general economically i don't know um, i think it's strange
0: why is working with a company like TurboTax or the like for tax preparation a bad idea for an actor?
1: Um, I don't like Intuit, which is the company that owns TurboTax. I don't really like their software. They do a lot of um, if you use QuickBooks self-employed, I, um, they will like automatically categorize things. In a way mm. that isn't teaching you anything or giving you actual knowledge or even correct, in my opinion. They've also mm-hmm. been um sued for predatory uh practices, saying oh, really? that everything is free, but then you, you know, you get to the tax return, and if you're self-employed, it's hundreds of extra dollars. So um I've like softened a little bit on TurboTax, but mm-hmm. um Turbo, I've, I've actually heard people have worse experiences with H&R Block, especially. Um, even going into a person who's making maybe like, you know, $25 an hour to do your tax return. Most people are not artists. Mo- the, the vast population is not artists. So anytime you're going into someone who's not specialized in this, it's fine. But they're not going to understand your perspective. The software doesn't understand your perspective. Um, Right. The most people at H and R Block aren't going to understand your perspective,
0: and and why is that perspective? I, I'm asking an obvious question, but just to state it: why is that perspective so unique? Why does the software not understand our perspective?
1: <laughs> because, um, <laughs> well, I think it's it. What it sort of comes down to is that the capitalism thing that you talk all all the time about, which is that like art and capitalism are not super congruous and and the law reflects that Mm -hmm. um and that is why we have to interpret everything we do i would say in terms of operating as a business and that includes the taxes but i think nothing is written nothing is no law tax law is written in a way that reflects people who are working in the arts there's some and there's there's stuff you can find but like a small business by the IRS is considered like under 5 million dollars, you know. And how many artists <clears throat> are making under 5 million dollars? Almost all of them.
2: Right. Right. That's fascinating.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean it's it 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 does sort of reflect sort of our lack of what might be considered productive contribution. You know, from and 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 maybe part of what makes it so difficult. You know, your work has always been very mm. affordable. Why is keeping your tax preparation work affordable so important to you?
1: Um, I'm interested in serving like younger artists, um, partly because they're better at using the internet. Um
3: and I, <laughs> but
1: my business model is set up so Ferrell's I don't, I don't actually just <laughs> I don't actually meet with everyone face to face, um, which is part of what is able to keep my prices down. So I'm interested in being accessible for younger artists. Um I also I always offer a sliding scale. Um and that for me is it's helpful. Um, number one, I don't want people to I would rather someone do their taxes now at a lower rate with me then fall behind. And then like they're in chaos, they might reach out to me in their chaos. Like I would rather keep everybody ahead if they can. So it's helpful for them, but it's also good business practice because someone who's paying me, you know, a hundred dollars this year might be able to afford to pay me $300 in two years. Um sure. And exactly. so for me, it's just a good business practice and not very many people honestly take advantage of it. It's an annual cost. It's a one it's, it's only, you know, you only have to make this, payment once a year to a tax preparer if you hire someone.
2: Um, you know, uh, I want to take a step back to the turbo tax thing. <clears throat> because do you think because we're moving into what you said, the gig economy, that do you think tax law, do you think within our lifetimes, like all of this is drastically going to change how this is done? Like as the boomers die out and people who have like old ideas about like how people make money and more and more people work for themselves in this gig economy. Do you think that this is going to change like the small business being a five million dollar thing or do you think it's always going to kind of we're going to be stuck in this weird like thing that actually doesn't apply to a lot of people not just artists
1: i think you might i think that mike you might be overestimating people how many people are doing what you're saying um I I don't really know. I don't actually know the numbers. I do think there are a lot of people that still work like normal, regular jobs. The tax law is slower to catch up. It it is, um, but there is, it is catching up. I mean, you know the the Bitcoin cyber, you know, currency is that what it's called? Cyber currency. Yeah. (laughs) Like really took really through the IRS for a loop. We're seeing. You guys probably heard about the law that if you have over six hundred dollars on Venmo, you're now going to get like tax forms about it so it is it is changing um it's it's because of how fast it's changing what it's really means is that the law is getting more and more dense like the the reading you have to do to understand what's going on i i would say as a tax preparer like the more that our economy evolves and the law you know the irs like if you look at their social media they're clearly like behind right like right everything the irs does is behind
2: that's just... Right, right. It's True. antiquated, just is what well, it is. You know, it says, mm-hmm. I was just looking, it says 20, 30% of the country are um, freelance workers. Okay,
1: that's more than is,
2: I would have thought. Which is, is yeah, it's still, but but yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I think you're right, though, that it's like, it's probably going to take, if, if for some reason this trend continues, it's like it's probably going to take a very long time For it to be solidified in in some way and reflective. When the tax law changed in
0: 2018, um, um, how did it become harder specifically for actors to deduct their business expenses?
1: So everyone who files their taxes is eligible for what's called the standard deduction, which is the amount of money the IRS says basically that you need to live. That's tax free. And it's. Somewhere, I don't know the exact number, which I should, but it's around $12,500 for a single person. Prior to 2018, that number was half of that. And you could take, as you probably know, if you filled out a W-4 at any time before then, exemptions. You would take, I'm, I'm a one exemption for myself if I have a child or a spouse, that's another exemption. There's Exemptions have been eliminated. Then the standard deduction wow. doubled. Then they also, as part of that doubling of the standard deduction, eliminated most employee expenses. You used to be able to deduct as part of that standard or itemized deduction, which is the alternative to the standard deduction, um, your union dues, um, seeking work expenses, moving expenses. Uh, uniforms, those are no longer deductible. And in addition, because they doubled the standard deduction, most people don't qualify for the itemized deduction. Where that gets right. super confusing is that people always think their business expenses have something to do with the standard or itemized deduction. Mm. Mm. So the, the, the big sort of difference is that No, you cannot deduct employee expenses, which affects union members because, you know, the point of joining the union is so that you could get start getting paid on those W-2s, I would say is a big benefit of it. So you can you can't deduct employee expenses. You can only deduct business expenses, which is a whole different form.
2: This is fascinating. And this is something I did note in our notes is that like, this is my, and I just want to be super explicit because it took me like four years to get this, even though you're very clear about it, but it's like, you know, deductions again, or something when you are an employee, you deduct, you deduct as an, which I would, which as you say is, how do you know you're an employee if you're on a W2? So all of my, my headshots, my resumes, my coaching, the the whatever the outfit I wore to the audition where I booked the job, none of that is deductible as an employee as, a, as an employee deduction off of the money I earned off the W two, and the workaround, the workaround is to consider that as a business expense, and to write it off of the income your business made, which is sep- which is separate from the money you made. On a W-2 working as an actor. Is that accurate? Am I, am I? I...
1: Yeah, so what's, what's, I think the most confusing thing to explain to people is that we as actors, specifically, we're not thinking, oh, this is W-2, this is 1099. But the IRS is thinking that. So, most of most of my clients are saying, but I don't understand because I'm an actor, so everything I do is my actor business. But the IRS says there is a difference between the income you're earning on a W 2 and the income you're earning on a 1099 or from whatever good royalties, whatever, spot, you know, like right. any of that. Um you, you can only deduct those expenses that don't directly relate to your W 2 income. So I can't deduct commuting to my Kennedy Center job, parking at Mm -hmm. my Kennedy Center job because I'm getting paid on a W-2. However, if I get new headshots and they benefit, they might benefit my W-2, but they're they're more related to my actor business, then that's
2: deductible. Mm -hmm. So let's say I earned fifty thousand dollars off of W-2 acting work and I have uh, uh, 50, uh, let's just say just a $15,000 of, of whatever general acting expenses. I can't use that $15,000. I wouldn't, I wouldn't write it off against the 50,000 W two income. What I would write it off against is the $0. If I made no money on ten ninety nines, I would write it against, I would report a loss, a loss. there as a loss to the $0 I made in my acting business or the whatever $3,000 I made on 1099 work or whatever. As
1: long as you have an intent to make a profit there, you can deduct expenses that are related. Yes.
0: And going back to the point about tax law being interpretive, you know, what we tell people we work with, for example, is that's in some ways what their five-year plan represents is an example of their own intent, proof of intent to make money in the future.
2: It's so silly because well, that's what we're trying to. I mean, what's silly about it? But it, but it makes sense, and this is why the IRS, it's like, doesn't if anybody would actually think about it. It's like, but the work we're trying to book is most of the time W two work. So it's well, like that's, that's why the people work.
1: join form LLCs. That's why these these a lot of Broadway people or touring people will form an LLC so that they can legally and effectively deduct all of those expenses. I, one thing I have to say is that you do not need an LLC to deduct business expenses. That's so important. Right. People always think they need an LLC right. to have a business. Right. You don't need to do that, and frankly, please don't unless you're making over a hundred thousand dollars.
0: As as someone who's been down that pathway before um, and had to dissolve my LLC. Uh it will be a probably a long time before I go back to that model but let's talk about that. When 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 should someone truly consider forming an LLC for their creative business?
1: If you're truly if you are like um uh, I don't know I guess I would say like a, regu- a regular <laughs> like after yeah, who name. is making some gig income that's you know under a hundred thousand dollars, you don't need an LLC. I would, I would say it doesn't really benefit you, um, tax wise. Um, when it would benefit you is if you're starting, like if you're starting a production company, right. You might want to start an LLC because there's more of a risk of losing money. Um, you're involving a lot of other people and equipment, um, you're protected in that way, but if you are just you, an individual sole proprietor, um, it doesn't you. You're not really going to see a benefit until you reach that about one hundred thousand dollar threshold, at which point you can start paying yourself what's called like a oh God. What is it called? You can an, an owner's draw, but you can start paying yourself a salary, and the extra profit is taxed as a corporation rather than as self employment, which. You know,
0: so 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 this is important because, you know, let's talk about some of the first of all, when I had my LLC, it was because I was on Broadway. I was making a fair amount of money. And but just to be clear, that came to an end. Mm-hmm. And and then you, there's a question of how you continue to manage the corporation um, with a lot less coming in, per your point about the benefits or lack thereof. But here's one of the other things that changed that most people don't know. I remember when we were recording like commercials or we were on Jimmy Fallon or whatever the hell it was, they wouldn't pay the LLC. I had right. to become an S corp, so now mm-hmm. and this that was, an, I, I believe, part of the the tax package law that changed in 2018 as well. So, so, but, but which is this this whole topic, to be honest with you, LLC versus S corp is still very confusing to me.
2: Um, but fair and you old, had and you've had both of them, and
0: I've had both of them, and and to be honest with you, I had, I got fucked in, in the long run. And not in the good way. So, with the, Phil, can you speak a bit to the difference between LLC? We just and zoom escort? out. He's
2: just he's just in a cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> What's actually behind him <laughs> is like it, it's a backdrop that falls. He's just like in a park on a bench. <laughs> someone's peeing. Someone's
0: peeing on me. <laughs> <Yeah>, Thank
2: <exactly. laughs> God, because I,
1: I was like, this is getting too taxi. This um, <laughs> yeah. is
2: a boring podcast. <laughs> no, he you know, always brings just... golden
0: showers into it. Oh my uh, God! Hell, yeah. No,
1: uh, no. Okay. Right. An <laughs> LLC, okay. For for an LLC, if you just form an LLC, it's a state designation. The IRS basically doesn't give a shit at all if you start an LLC. They don't care. Interesting. If it's a sole proprietor LLC. It means nothing to the IRS. It's a state designation that essentially starts requiring you to file annual filing with your state. It's different in every single state. What happens mm. when you then elect to file as a corporation is then you are a corporation and not an individual. You are a pass-through entity, which means that you're not taxed on all of your profits, which you are as an LLC or a sole proprietorship. You're only taxed on what you pay yourself. And then you have what's called like the corporate taxes. Um, When you are self-employed, a big, a big reason people see a big tax hit is because you are covering Social Security and Medicare taxes that an employer is otherwise required to cover. And that's over 15% on top of your income tax.
0: So so I guess because we, we jumped straight to LLC, when should someone consider creating an S-corp over an LLC? If if I may, because I have run into a lot of problems with getting paid through as an LLC.
1: Don't form an LLC unless you're ready to form an S corp. Is my opinion.
0: There you go. Mm. There you go. Don't because, don't
1: do it for no reason.
0: Because you can't you can't turn an LLC into an S corp. Um, that's yes. not a complicated process. But but to, so I like that as a as a point. Um, of, of somewhat needing to be considered interchangeably, even though they're obviously very different and in a very baseline sense, you know, I would argue what I hear you saying is unless you're taking in a hundred thousand dollars annually um, as part of your creative work, mm-hmm. you know, for example, sorry, I just want to use someone. I don't think he would mind me using him as an example. Eclay, you know, Eclay Farrell, Mike certainly mm-hmm. knows Eclay, um, you know, Eclay, cause we were going through this mess together. When the when the change because we had we were doing it trout at the time and and we were using the same accountants blah 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 you know E Clay produces right. and he handles a lot of investments which obviously there's their own break off LLCs often but he's pulling in income from a lot of different um, directions when it comes to his overall creative business including his acting work and I guess I would say that that makes sense to me and maybe if you're in a Hamilton situation but here's where it still is kind of a little Looney Tunes ish. Those Hamilton jobs come to an end too, mm-hmm. so I guess it. You'd really have to have a really vibrant, healthy, you know, income flowing,
2: creative business. Well, unless that you-, you set up a temporary, it's a temporary. You just get paid through it. Like, like what I mean by that is, if I get, if I book a show and I get paid, whatever I make, one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, uh, you know, for one year, and I set up. Green Eggs and Ham LLC, and I get paid through Green Eggs and Ham LLC. Doesn't mean next year I have to, all my acting work gets paid through Green Ham and Eggs LLC, right? It's like it's, it's, I could just be paid for that specific job where I'm earning more than a hundred thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, but you do have to dissolve businesses when they're not active. The IRS doesn't oh, encourage the IRS doesn't encourage starting businesses t- for. For tax benefits. So if you're someone who's like starting an LLC, like I, you know, if you're starting an LLC every few years, um, in order to see tax benefits and you're, and you're actually sort of just running the same business year after year, that's, that's a little sketchy to me. Um, I wouldn't like, you know, recommend that. Um, and I, 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 I don't know if I would recommend it for just one year. Um, uh, where this comes up a lot is with like people that get royalties or book advances, um, but it, it it might be more of a headache than it's worth because you're also going to be paying accounting fees. Like you're going to be paying fees to set this up, fees for yeah. someone to manage it, fees for you know because you're not going to do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you're going to outsource all of that. So,
3: yeah.
1: um, if you if you think it's only going to be one good year, uh, even then I might I might say. Wait, I would I think I would agree with Joshua. Wait until, you know, it feels like you really have something going sustainably.
2: Yeah, like if like a couple years of of income at that level where you go, okay, like I'm yeah. I seem to be really going. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense.
0: Do people need to save their receipts?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Um for how long?
1: <laughs> 3 years.
2: Okay, great.
1: Um yeah. Uh, save your receipts. Um, your bank statements will not do it in the event of an wow.
2: audit.
0: Um, can you talk about what an audit is and have you yet to go through that process with someone?
1: So I have limited representation rights, which means that I can't represent anyone before the IRS um, based on my like legal designation as a tax preparer. Um, but I have helped people go through some of this stuff. Usually you'll get a letter. Sometimes the letter is just about one credit. Um, they're checking to make sure you are actually eligible for the earned income credit. And they might just ask for like your 1099s. Sometimes they do want to want all your schedule C, which is where that business income and expenses gets reported. Um, they might say, Hey, we need to see all of the receipts in all of these categories. Um, usually it's wow. a
3: letter and
2: usually
1: you'll have to send a pack, a big package essentially back to them. Um, so it's, it's a nightmare helps to keep good records. You know, I, I will say like a lot of places now you can get a text or email receipt. Most places are doing, you know, you go to TJ Maxx, they'll email your receipts. So as long as you're doing that whenever possible, like make a receipts folder in your email you know when you when you go through your email, like put the, just put those in the receipts folder. I, I'm not great about receipts. I will say that, like I I don't like that. That's annoying to me. But I do track every single one of my expenses so that if if when I look at my expense tracking, I can go into my records and look and see if I have that receipt um, to match up in the event.
2: Well, you know what's crazy is, yeah. I mean, it's it's a night. It is a nightmare process. I I was a personal assistant for a pretty big music director, and um, he was audited, and it was it was it was bad. I remember it, it was we we got through it, but it's like I mean the amount of shit we had to get together was yeah. his dining room table was like oh, yeah. it look it was pi- piles of folders papers. It was, it wasn't, and he kept pretty decent records and it was still like, we had to find all this shit. It was, it was, it was crazy. It was, and it was well, probably crazy. New
1: York, not the IRS. You're much more likely to get audited by your state. New York in particular loves to audit people.
2: Interesting. Well,
1: well
0: um, I, 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 do just want to say kind <clears> of <throat> this kind of goes back to business expenses or, um, in, in terms of just. practice because you you know fairly you've heard me say like i i never understand why people wait till the end of the year to tally and keep track of their business expenses this is crazy to me yeah because because i mean you know like what we we ask people to do is to to track their actuals in real time Mm -hmm. what's coming in and out specifically every single week and while we're doing that we encourage people to track their business expenses because it's it's um it's wild to to expect after 12 months for us to go, remember what that $6.34 coffee yeah. was. And if we're doing it in real time, then we can also keep track of our receipts as necessary uh, uh too. just to say this, because to your point about no one learns shit, this is a baseline thing that if you're going to be um, um, considering these business expenses, might as well build up part of your ongoing flow in general. You have
1: to make it a habit. It has to yes. be a habit. It has to become something that you don't stress or think about. I track, I have a spreadsheet in my phone. I put the numbers in right away. Me too. And, I like it because I'm like, ooh, that's like, you know, that's reducing my tax liability by a dollar, and every dollar counts. When you when at the end of the year, I have a two thousand dollar refund instead of a two thousand dollar tax owed because I'm not sure if that was a business expense or not. Like, not to be obnoxious, but just it has to become a habit.
0: Period. Period. If you're if you're looking to limit your overall liability, um, um, what are some other uh, practices that you believe would help actors better prepare for um, whatever the tax season is that's coming up for them?
1: Good question. I mean, tracking is the main thing. I have a tracking tool on my website that a lot of people use. It's easy to use, I think. Um, And I think that you guys talk about this too, which is just um making sure that you're reviewing what has happened with your business monetarily at the end of the year. Um, so having an idea of how much you have coming in and out. Um, and then as, as you, I think already mentioned, Joshua, writing down like your new goals and objectives is going to, um, in the event of an audit show the IRS that you are running a legitimate business. Um, right. oh, what was I going to say? Uh, another thing to do. Um, I don't know. Keep going. Ask me another question.
0: Um no, no, but but um uh sorry, I'm just having a I'm having a ton of thoughts about this because it's funny because number one Mike, in the show notes I think we should include um uh either Feral sheet and and of maybe potentially ours as well. I I am always surprised to your point about the habit building, the number of people who don't take advantage of it who don't use the the tool because it's and i think part of it is just it it is like one more thing we're talking about this habit building like one more thing that adds on that we have to do especially around money money
2: brings up a lot of feelings for people yeah and it's it's i mean still when i track my finances every week i still it's still i get a I, i hate it there's nothing i like about it um it's it, it, it's it, it, but you know you still do it because that's how you make sure that you don't end up in a situation
0: you, you mean cuz I mean? it's just easier situation. to
2: avoid well it's easier to avoid because who wants to you know <clears throat> there there have been even when i have been making even when i do make consistent money and a good amount of money it's still i don't like to see what i'm doing with that money cuz a lot of times i don't make the best decisions uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so
1: uh, you do need therapy. <laughs> oh,
2: that's, that's, uh, I have that in my financial tracking. That's there. <laughs> I go to Spe-
0: it. Speaking of therapy, Farrell, do you basically find yourself acting sometimes as a therapist to folks when it comes to this shit?
1: That is occasionally, yes, some of my job. um I read, I think it was, in the failing New York Times, an amazing article at
3: one point <laughs>
2: about
1: um uh. an accountant who, you know, he was doing an artist taxes and they they got so upset about their tax liability. And he said, But this means that you are being successful as an artist. The fact that you the government even wants any of your money means that you have enough that it matters. Um, there's a lot of things about tax any anything you do annually like has triggers right maybe you went through a breakup or a divorce like maybe you're transitioning and you have to legally change your name with the social security mm. administration like there's all kinds of stuff
3: mm-hmm. like
1: maybe you didn't do as well as you, you lost your job like there's a lot of stuff that can come up um and a lot of yeah. people like even have like family trauma around taxes um so yes like there are yes some people um need to talk about it
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know, for me that it was it's been such a journey because it just wasn't something that that I was taught growing up. Per your point about certainly not in high school. You know, know, we get on college. They're like, you can deduct your headshots. You know what I mean? Like They teach us nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And and it wasn't something in my household because it just wasn't a really financially literate home where I learned and I really had to learn uh
2: by stepping into the lion's den right and making big you know mistakes what, exactly and you know what's interesting is you know whenever you <clears throat> read financial books books about you know financial success financial mastery and the secrets of wealth when you read books like this you know i i, I you know i've read a couple
1: <laughs> i know i've
2: read a couple but <laughs> It's amazing that it's that a big part of what these books say. It, it, taxes are a major part of these books. Understanding lowering your tax liability, like if we're talking about, like when people are like, "I want to make more money," I want to, I, I want to more earn more income. That's great, but a big part about how people build wealth and maintain wealth is by understanding, or at least. Or outsourcing to somebody who does understand what the fuck this all is. Well, it's I mean, a look major... at our Lord
0: and Savior Trump. I mean, this is what this is what he's up mm-hmm. against in in the state of New York. You know, right. I mean, he right. is understanding enough to 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 play the the system at its at its its own game, so to speak, in order to. To avoid paying taxes. And it just sucks, obviously, for the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of other people who don't have the same knowledge or resources to play the same. Exactly. Absolutely. Which, but exactly. if you don't
1: even know that, like that's what I'm, that's sort of like baseline what I want people to understand is like if you don't know anything about tax law it's so opaque intentionally i think if we don't know anything about it there's no way we can get involved in lobbying for tax law that's going to benefit us like this is so opaque that we're just like yeah i guess i'll just pay my taxes and like law tax law is like any law like we have a say or we should right in what laws are passed by our government so we do i have found that i have a responsibility like As boring as tax law is to understand what's going on, um, to educate my clients to a certain extent, so that we can know when we're being screwed.
2: One hundred percent. I think it's no. I I, and I'm not trying to blow smoke. I really think that that's super fucking important. Do you think that we're ever gonna get to like when people say like you can write it on a napkin? Like what? What? Like you know that's like a big. That's a big (laughs) stump. That's a big, uh, that's a big uh, what do you, no, stump speech people make for, for decades is I want to get tax law on a napkin. Like, is that it? Never. That's never happening. It's it's going to always be opaque, unclear. Like, how could they simplify? It's just, it's so too convoluted deep. at
1: this point. That's exactly right. I mean, the, the pages and pages of not even law, like the IRS interpretation of the law, like the booklets are hundreds of pages long. Like it's, it's not, it's so, it's so convoluted. Um, the, the, the core of it is very simple, but like every, every administration is, is adding laws. They're not like removing law. They're just adding more, more legislation.
2: It's fucking crazy. It is kind it's fucking of. Fucking crazy. It and is it, kind and, of crazy.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, Phil, what is one myth you hope to dispel to quell actors' fears? around taxes
1: um the irs can't put you in jail uh, unless you're doing mm. something intentional
3: mm. unless you're intentionally
1: defrauding the government they mm. are not coming for you and they're not coming to put you in jail um the most important thing is that you file on time to me so if you're afraid you don't know you're not sure file the tax any file your taxes yeah. I would say um yeah. is to stay on top of that. Another thing is that a lot of there's there's this um what's called as the 3 out of 5 hobby rule which is like the but it's not a law. So there's there's this guideline that the IRS has what? that has used that is like okay, if if you don't if you don't see a profit on your business 3 out of 5 years, we might consider it a hobby. But that's not a law. It's just a guideline that they use. You don't, I mean, like you have to be updating your practices in order to show that you are trying to make a profit, but you don't have to make a profit like for several years. So I think that's a big myth is that people think they have to show a profit in three out of five years. That's massive. And
2: that's massive.
1: You don't actually have to do that if you aren't actually turning a profit, but you do have a responsibility. It's even you are required to show to deduct all your expenses that are legal expenses Um, because the IRS just wants you to report what's accurately happening is the most important thing. Um, But yeah, that three out of five thing is, is confusing, but it's not a law.
0: I think those are both really good final points, you know, that that you're, that the IRS cannot put you in prison unless you are intentionally defrauding or the like and um uh, this, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about business expenses, but I think, and it kind of goes back to your point, Mike, about in your tone of voice how you ask the question. It's it's a, it's the intent to continue to grow a creative business, which comes in waves. Um, there there are so many factors that that are at play, where some years you make five thousand dollars and some years you make one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. You know, exactly, um, in some.
2: In but like you have to remember, there are plenty of it took Tesla fucking 10 years to turn a profit. Mm-hmm. It's like, so, you know, it shouldn't be any. And then nobody considered that a hobby of Elon right. Musk's. Right. Right. So it's like, why should it be? Di- it's the intention, as so you're saying. I would saying, consider Carol.
1: X a hobby of Elon Musk.
0: Yes, that
2: is a hobby. <clears throat> That's a hobby, uh, a
0: multi-billion-dollar hobby. But yes, a hobby. Um, um, listen, it's funny. We we in so many ways we just kind of scratched the surface because, um, it, it, per your point, it's just such a complicated, overarching issue. But I think this is a yeah. really good um, starting place. Um, for anybody, no matter where they are currently, you know, to to take in this information, um, you know, we moved comfort food performances to the end. So, so um,
2: why did you do that? Gonna...
0: That was actually a Michael Calciano. Um, Josh was uh, very suggestion. particular. Am I? It's 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 actually more so because the beginning of our episodes were ninety two minutes. And, and so we were, go. so, so we talked about trying to get into the meat and potatoes of the issues. So we're going to do, uh, comfort food performances Great. now. And I, and you know You know, we do them all wrong. Meyer never comfort food performances. Mike talks about like cats. <laughs> Full movie. So we just sort of do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, but I'll, I'll kick, I'll kick it off with what I just saw. Okay. Um, I just saw Saltburn. And um, actually, I was going to go on. I wasn't sure I was going to do Barbie or Saltburn, but I'm going to do Saltburn because I really liked it. I really liked
2: Barry it. Barry Kilgan's hog is his oh. comfort food performance.
0: Well, you don't, don't even take me there. Yeah, of course, that whole naked I, I dance. I heard it was yeah. very
2: impressive. I heard it was I good. I loved it but
0: he's actually not my comfort food performance my comfort food performance lol quote unquote in that is Rosamund Pike who plays the mom oh, in in the family in in Saltburn it is such a good performance so grounded so funny so specific, so own. It's just so good. I I really like the movie. I can, actually cannot wait to watch it again. I'm just gonna huh. wait until like Michael's out when night. I'm really list. excited to see it again.
2: It's he's gonna wait for Michael to be out because you know why? <laughs> no, because i do a little it- little pausing and rewinding.
1: <laughs> so you've seen it, Mike?
2: No. Oh, but 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 there I is. Watch, I just heard about the hog. I was talking to my friend about it last night. She, I was. Like, I love oh, Emerald that's a Fennel. F-
0: yeah, I actually liked it more Emerald than Promising Pennell. Young Woman. She, she, she directed it, and, and oh, Promising okay. Young Woman. Um, uh, but Michael so. didn't love it, which is why I'm going to watch it again by myself, plus the <laughs> pausing and rewinding. <laughs> no, Rosamund Pike is mine. She was really fabulous. Um, Mike, you want to go next, to get, and then we'll let Farrell, the lady of the house, finish us out?
2: Sure. Um, <clears throat> uh, I think that what I, you know, I, I'm, I'm on this, you know, money. Think about money, because we're talking about taxes, right? So money. Um, That's where my mind's at. Uh, mm-hmm. So I am trying to think of money-related performances, which doesn't make any oh. sense. So I am, see? You see? You see? So a money thing that, you know, <laughs> fuck. the first thing that comes <gasps> to mind, I'm so basic, is, you know, just Al Pacino and Scarface, okay? Because, you know, he's got a lot of money. First, you get the money. then get the pow? <laughs> then he get the woman. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so Al Pacino in that. I, what I love about that performance, and why we need more performances like that, is because it's a cart. It's just a cartoon. I mean, it's just a cartoon character brought to life, and it's so indulgent. It doesn't make any sense. It's like <laughs> it, it's it's t- it's it's not it's not like good, but it's but it's phenomenal, and it's because it's so um, it's big, bold, larger than life. Um, that whole movie is. Have you guys seen that movie? Like, have you ever actually watched the movie? Long time.
0: Long time. It is
2: really excellent. It is a good movie. I mean, you know, it's like, it's a good movie. Um, but his performance in that, I think, is really special. And that's, that's what I'm going to go with here.
0: Okay. Rosalind Pike, Al Pacino, and.
1: Uh, I have been watching a lot of The West Wing, which I tend Mm -hmm. to do when the government is extra depressing. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and it is hard to pick one because obviously there are several good performances on that show, um, including Stockard Channing as the First Lady. Oh, yeah. Is, incredible. is she dead Live. now
0: or is she still alive?
1: I think she's alive. Yeah, she's 80. She's like 80. She's alive. What? I
0: okay.
1: saw her in Pal Joey, too. But anyway, I she's saw not, her
0: in Pal Joey, too.
1: Maybe we were together. Is we might really have seen it together. Likely. Um, yeah. But I'm going to go with Richard Schiff. Uh, who Who's plays Richard Ziegler? Schiff? Oh, he plays yes, Toby yes. Ziegler. Um
0: Richard Schiff. How do you spell yeah. Schiff?
1: S-C-H-I-F. Maybe oh, two Fs. I've, oh, this I, guy. I,
2: he's hes fucking great. Where is this so guy? He's so good. I don't know. He's great in everything. Where is he?
1: He's so good. I don't know. He's I, probably just like living his life. He's
2: I've
0: from from never Bethesda, seen the West Wing. <gasps> I, I honestly can say I don't Really, I, I
2: can't I don't think I've seen it either.
1: Oh my god, you guys should watch it.
2: Well you know, I like, know. no, you've convinced me.
1: It's Sorkin original. It is like, you know, you have to like I feel like no, it's I kind know. of like American art history. Um and Patrick no, is just so I, I, I cranky. He's so cranky, um which I love in a man. And uh Who's, who's um, the other guy? Bradley <laughs> the, Cooper's the web- in it, Rob Lowe's yes. in it.
0: Charlie Sheen? Yes. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Charlie
1: Sheen is the president.
0: Oh, there you go. See, okay. Martin Sheen. I do not Charlie, not not Charlie
1: Sheen. Not Charlie Sheen.
2: <laughs> yeah. Not 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 Tiger Blood Crackhead. Martin We got yeah, Wrong Martin. Sheen. Tiger it's Martin Blood Sheen.
1: Martin, oh, Martin Sheen. Oh, Sheen. Sheen.
2: Yes. 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 <laughs> but 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 who's the guy who plays the pres uh, the vice president? Is that who is the vice president? Are you talking uh, about like the chief of staff, Leo McGarry? Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah, no, Tim Matheson. No, he plays oh, the vice yeah. president. I like this I gotta, guy too. I got to watch it's this so, show. It's such good people.
1: It's really it's good. I actually and I think it's oh my gosh, I've what's never her name?
3: I've seen that
2: guy.
1: Um, and what's her name? Tall, she's tall. Allison
2: Janney in that or my Yes, that? Alice, I think so. yes, that's
1: Allison Janney's like breakout and I honestly don't like I have them. to watch this. I think she's still getting her Footing, in my opinion, in this okay,
0: but is show, this? But... Is, I, I'm sending you both this okay, picture. Is girl. this Tim Matheson? I typed in Tim Matheson in this
1: Weird. this
0: this oh, bare-shouldered picture. Is what? Oh yeah, that up. is
1: him. That's but why him. is it,
0: what, what is this photograph?
1: I love that. I don't know. We're <laughs> gonna put
0: this photo in the in the show notes Whoa. too. Tim. Matheson. What is that? What's got? It was on eBay.
2: Oh my God, <laughs> it's, it's on eBay. eBay. It well, is now I have to post this. This is gonna pop up in the. uh in the video,
1: <laughs> wait. Can I tell you guys one thing? Is that I did, I did do a podcast a couple of years ago with uh, some musicians about taxes, and I think I said something like, I said something like, "Men are always trying to tell me how to run my business," and the guy at the end of our recording sent me like a huge apology email what? about like worried that he was like offending me as a woman, and I was like, Babe, "You didn't, soft
0: boy, beta. Me at yeah, all we're all not going to send you that shit. We'll yeah, tell you how to run gonna your business.
2: We're going to tell you." Never- i'm one of the good apples no you ain't bitch that's a that's a that's i'd say to him men are always trying to tell me how
1: to run my business but you guys only have told me how to run my actor business which is fine because i pay you for that
0: there you go yeah wait but do people do men often tell you how to run your business
1: how to make more money i'm like i know how to make more money like it's not a secret like i have a business degree i know how to make more money it's not a lol like, i have a lot of considerations in how i live my life and profit is not my primary motive i mean shit was i think it'd be easier but i have a you know just
0: i know i know mike you have to admit you have to admit even as a and on trump supporter that you are you have to admit that
2: men do kind of suck you you have to admit it like i, mean, I, I actually really don't think so Really? I don't think I, I used to no I used to think that but the more I think about it I'm like I I'm sorry. I think men are pretty awesome. Uh, women are great too. Women I'm are great not. too. I listen, I love women. I love women. But me, men are, men have done a lot of things. Let's just be clear. <laughs> have listen. you guys seen that? Have you guys seen that? Have you guys seen that, <laughs> guys seen that meme? There's such a funny meme a uh, that was on on TikTok, where it's like this, some woman and oh, I think it might be Kamala or somebody. And they're like, if you want to hear some a lot woman, of talk, might have been Kamala. If you want to hear a lot of talking, no, but it was like it was like a female politician. It might uh-huh. be. If uh-huh. you want to hear a lot of talking, talk to a man. If you want to get something done, go to a woman. And everybody's like, "Yeah, bitch!" And then like they cut, and then it cuts to like the Great Wall of China. There's a woman being like. Women got it done, and then it cuts to like you know the Roman. Co- it's like women got it done because like you know it's like all this shit, all this shit, and it's like yeah, women did. Th- it's like it's so funny. I'll send it to you guys. I'm I'm cancelled. <laughs> oh I mean, it's God. true. What what no, are we gonna no, say? I, listen, yeah. listen.
1: I I, I that's I, because I, we were dying in childbirth, Mike. So we we, we weren't <laughs> allowed. I, to listen, come.
2: Oh, here we go with context. Everybody's favorite. <laughs> Favorite topic? No. I know. Wait.
1: Okay. Have you...
2: I am never going to be in a relationship with anybody. <laughs> I know. I I actually was... I- Pharrell, I know. What? <laughs> no. That's what I, know. I know. I
1: think I was thinking about that. Wait, but can I... Have you guys seen Fleabag?
2: Of course. Fleabag? No. Okay. I haven't. I'll watch
0: it. Because you hate women. Exactly. No,
2: no, no. That's not why. Because a man was- make it. I hate so British my- people. So <laughs> There you go.
1: I was thinking about all the young women that watch Fleabag and have like, and I was like, oh, I identify with that show, but so many of these women have never had anal sex. I'm confident. The show like starts with her getting the ass.
0: Oh my God. Farrell, you just helped me with something. I have an audition. This is so random. I have an audition in nine days and there's a line in it. I, I'm looking. I have the side. There's a line. He's
2: like, maybe someone lets me perform anal sex
0: on me to get no, the job. No, no. There's a there's a line in it, and I'm actually gonna. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, it's there's a line in the side that says "flea bag without the anal" is the is the na- is the line in it. And I was like, what the? What does that mean? Like, I know obviously. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Oh yeah. So glad so I brought it this So it says. Up. It says the camera, Coella Deville. I'm ready for my close up. I am flea bag without the anal yet, and now I got the general gist of the joke. But I was like, flea bag without the anal. Was that even talking about? And so that's it. So because yeah. she talked, that's right. She likes anal
2: sex.
1: Well, it just open. This is that's like the opening <clears throat> of the whole series.
2: This is the Hamlet revival at Kennedy Center. What he's talking about right now, but he's not for. <laughs> By Heidi Schreck as well. You know? yeah, <laughs>
0: he, he, he. <laughs> um, that was a, that's because she's doing the Uncle Vanya adaptation. I could I could I could see that that joke fell on deaf ears. It's
1: okay. Yeah, yeah, it yeah did yeah, For me, right. but sometimes you're, you're, that's that's the next you know Aaron Sorkin. About. <laughs>
2: right. He's doing um, the next Aaron Sorkin. No, Aaron
1: Sorkin Beryl, doesn't like women. Farrell.
0: He doesn't.
2: Farrell.
1: Farrell. Farrell. What you mean?
0: Amory. Oh, I always forget that. That's I a good one. That.
1: She's yeah. fap.
0: Farrell Amory Parker. Um, thank you for, for being on Creative Risk, where we talk about art, entrepreneurialism, and surely everything in between. If you um, uh, enjoy the podcast, please share and subscribe and rate and like us on the thing. It really does. We like to see those ratings go up. And also, we'll leave some information about Farrell and Artist Tax Prep in the show notes, but do check her out at www.artisttaxprep.com. It's just a singular artist. Trust me, Farrell and I had this conversation Mm. Mm -hmm. when we were going, I was going about artists strategy. Where does the apostrophe go? Is it multiple? Then she was having the same question about artist tax prep. So she only helps one artist and um, you never have that question, Uh, but it's artisttaxprep.com. Any final thoughts from you bitches?
1: Uh no, just as RuPaul says, please pay your taxes.
0: <laughs> I saw you posted that today. That's good. That's it good. is it is good basic advice in a lot of ways. And trust my me, my
2: final men be proud.
3: <laughs> you did wrong.
2: Shying away. You did you did you did civilization. Stop hiding in the shadows.
3: <laughs> <laughs> never, apologize. So to me. Never, apologize. never
2: apologize. It's never apologize Remember what you did.
3: Build shit. Okay. Build
2: shit. Yes. I should. I shouldn't
0: be laughing at this as much as I am. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, friends.